Hello, 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 everyone. It is now Sunday morning at 11 o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca, Coach Cook Cable 282. We also have Android and iPhone apps. Heck yeah. I am Dinah Jansen, your host for this uh, special funding drive slash shortwave theater festival kickoff event starring myself and Mariah Horner. Hello, Momo. DJ Momo back on the airs with Dinah. It feels like home, Dinah. Indeed, indeed. I am so happy that to have you back in the studio again. It's been a little while. We've been on a bit of a hiatus after Grad Club Trivia. Yes. Went back to the Grad Club every Thursday night. Yes, yeah, still happening online, happening on the Grad Club Facebook page. Been, been great for them. But you and I haven't really taken a hiatus. No. We've been busy. We have been super busy, folks. And yes, uh, we are just fading down some music in the background because... Well, we will have a Grad Club uh, trivia event on Thursday during yes. the Shortwave Theatre Festival today, but we're going to be talking all things Shortwave today. Yes! Oh my gosh! And folks, yes, stay locked into the dial because at 1.30 is the world premiere. Bum, 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 bum. Wow. The world premiere. The world premiere, 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 premiere. Of the Soundcastle ah, by, yes. by Sarah Emtage. Yes, that's <laughs> our first show kicking off seven days of radio theater programming here on CFRC. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And we'll also have include uh, alongside this world premiere of this fabulous, very family-friendly play. If you're at home with kids right now, you can you can do this with your kids. You can snuggle up on the sofa. Oh, yeah. Get it some chicken fingers. Go on a little adventure. It's a rainy day. What what better to do than cuddle up with your with your fam and, and listen to some, some radio adventure? Radio adventure, indeed. It is really adventurous. It's really cute. Yes, it's so cute. So Soundcastle is starting at 1.30 today. It's the, the first show in the festival. It's written by Sarah Emtaj, who is really a quite, I don't know if you've noticed, but like a really amazing, fully well-rounded artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sarah is a, a playwright, and, and she works in a library, but she also is a sculptor and an animator, and she's been making very sweet little trailers out of clay for uh, the Soundcastle today. So Soundcastle is written by Sarah Emtaj directed by amazing local director Becky Bridger, stars Douglas Connors, Francesca Pang, mixed by Jeremy Kerr, help with Matt from Mount Rogulski. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And do we know what the play is about? Yes. So I've been describing it to people and Sarah might, you know, she might applaud or she might roll her eyes, but I'm I'm not um, a self-proclaimed nerd when I was, and I say that word with lots of love. I do. (laughs) I do. I'm a nerd in lots of ways, but I was not the nerd that was reading Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia, that wasn't my speed. So now that I'm an adult, I feel like it's such a gift because I can go back and read all of these nerdy texts and realize what I was missing out on. <laughs> so Soundcastle is kind of, it really reminds me of that, you know, young adult fiction, two teens on an adventure. One of my favorite things about Soundcastle is it's kind of only for the radio, you know, like it, it's a it's a play about um, all of the sounds that have ever been made in the world stored in this magical place and found by these two young adults. And, you know, I think one of one of the best things about this show is I couldn't really imagine it any other way. Right. I couldn't really imagine it happening in front of me and, in, in, you know, on a stage with fantastic lighting. It really is an adventure only for your for your ears. So Soundcastle will uh, bring you into this magical castle that houses all the sounds ever made. You meet Magellan Gadget. They go on a little adventure. Mm-hmm. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Uh, it, the play for me has sort of a resonance of something you might expect from the House of Ghibli or Miyazaki. Yes. Films, yes. But for radio but, theater. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I remember when we first started doing this, Dinah, you know, this is, this might be a good time for us to kind of lay down the, the timeline because it's so interesting for us. But we first started, we put these calls out last fall. Yeah. And I remember this was one of the first pieces that rolled into the inbox to apply. And, and when we first read it, it really begged to be animated this way. It really begged to exist on the radio. Um, it's something that Sarah had been interested in for a long time. I know Sarah has a, a whole series of stories with Magellan and Gadget, which is really sweet and very exciting. Um so yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really a great show to start the festival. It's family friendly, and it's also kind of a perfect little little radio drama. Well, we are going to be playing their world premiere. 
earth. <laughs> I'm trying to channel the awesome sound effects yes, that's I happening. Know. It reminds too. me of when we did auditions for Soundcastle. There was that, like, burr, 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 and every single person that had to audition for that, that show had to do their version of a fanfare. And it was so funny listening to some people. Yes. Bing, bing, me, me, me. Like, everyone's weird little version of it. Me, 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 me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was so fun, yeah. folks. That feels like a hundred years ago now, though, doesn't it, Dinah? Yes, it does. And now we're finally here. Yay! This is, folks, this project has been almost two years in the making. You're going to make me cry. Don't do it. We were, yeah. It's too early. These grants were, we were writing grants in like the winter of 2019. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, so, yes, this is kind of the cool thing, too. We were starting this project even well before COVID yes. was a thing, yep. right? Yep. So it kind of, I don't know, like uh, one of the things that folks have been asking, too. So did you do this festival because COVID? No, no we not had at this, all. Well, we were pl planning this and starting this process well before. Yes. Yeah. And I can remember kind of, you know, like I said, so we wrote the grants winter, fall 2019, found out we're doing this festival. We put the call out. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time working on all the texts, working with the playwrights, you know, making sure the playwrights had their, their questions answered working with the directors to adapt the pieces, doing auditions, and we were just about to head into rehearsals and recordings in, like, dun-dun-dun, March 2020. And I can remember, Dinah, you and I took, like, a week to be like, let's think about how we are still going to do this in the middle of the pandemic. And then we got back to it a week later. We're like, oh, we kind can... of the exact same way we were going to do it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, I was talking to some folks about it, too, because we had already planned what the recording sessions were going to look like yes. anyway. Like, yes. folks, if all the recording was done here at CFRC, yes. save for one of the plays, uh, Revolution Has Failed, was recorded off-site. Yeah, Revolution Has Failed, I think, had some of the recordings that were done remotely from people's homes, and then also Philip and Lucinda, they did some of their recording, I think, out of John and Anthony's spaces maybe yes um but everything else was done here at the studio right yep and it made it it worked out quite well too because our studio we have uh one space where the sound engineers can be safely ensconced in there and our other studio where it, with uh, lots of mics and everything yep it's big enough that a couple of people could be in there safely yeah and uh we didn't have more than a couple of people in the space at any given time and had already planned to uh, do that anyway since microphones pick up a lot of noise even the sounds of people breathing and elsewhere in the room you don't yes. want a lot of people in the room at the same time yep. so we'd already planned this kind of I know log the logistical stuff ahead of time yeah and I can remember you and I when the penny dropped when we realized like oh we can just kind of move forward the same way we don't have to cancel our festival no. like everybody else i know and it was you know i don't know if if you felt the same way like a little part of me because i work as a theater director i do a lot of this kind of kind of work and a little part of me felt a little bit not guilty at the beginning but you know i was like oh you know i watched my whole industry kind of crumble right um, but one yeah. of one of the best things about this festival was you'll hear all week long um most of the times after the show but on two occasions before the show we've pre-recorded little conversations with the artists the directors the playwrights and myself and i usually ask them you know what was it like working on this theater play this this radio theater play during the pandemic most of these artists say, you know, it was a little bit of a beacon of light when the whole industry fell and when, you know, live theater kind of went to a screeching halt. So many of these really remarkable local artists had an opportunity to still be creative and had an opportunity to still tr like solve a new problem and try something new and experiment in a new form. So I feel so grateful to CFRC for for making this happen and making this space. And now I'm just going to make myself cry. Not even Dinah doing it. It's too early. <laughs> for this. Oh, how do we make teary, teary sound of it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I love you too. I love you so much. Dana. I am hugging you, but not really because it's all. not safe to do so. <laughs> I'm giving you a safety hug yeah. in my mind yes. right now. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I think that real pivotal moment in March when we realized, oh no, we can still really provide this space for artists. We can still really make. Um, not only make this show safely, but also encourage people to listen to it safely. That's another thing that's really awesome for me is I think a lot of live theater are trying to slowly figure out ways that they can, you know, perform behind plexiglass or, you know, do lots of testing so the, the actors feel safe. But I still am curious about, you know, 
how can we make sure our audience is safe too and this is such a great example people can stay in their living rooms it's a rainy day i wouldn't want to go outside anyways you don't even need to put pants on to listen to this festival do you really want to go stuff more leaves and more yard bags you don't not really you don't you want to sit on your couch with some tea eat the candy eat you didn't the... give away last night that's true did you give away any candy last no night? I, well i bought candy like a month ago yeah and then I ate it all. Yeah, that's me too. I can't I'm buy like, it early. But, but at the same time, I'm like, why am I buying this candy anyway? I'm not going to open the door for tiny children. I really like the things that people were doing with the, the, shoots. Like, the shoots. I and know. Stuff. I love it. I thought that was awesome. But yeah, uh, there were no children in my neighborhood last night that I'm aware of. That you saw, yeah. Yeah. But we, I mean, went, we stayed home, watched Beetlejuice. It was pretty awesome. It was good. Yeah, yeah us too. We did a big, we did a trilogy. We watched Blade. Nice. And then we watched Vampires vs. the Bronx. It's on Netflix. Okay. Brilliant. Great film. It kind of, like, lots of references to Blade. It's another contemporary movie about vampires in New York. It's really like the vampires are gentrifiers. I'm here for the metaphor. Um, and then we watched The Craft, which is a very corny, like, 90s witch, like, teen girl witchcraft like movie. Like Nev Campbell? Yes. Okay. Uh, have, yeah. I haven't seen that. It was great. S- yeah, I guess since the 90s when Nev was Campbell great. was, like, the the it girl the it gal yeah the it gal but I mean even you're talking about the garbage shoots and stuff it it it's kind of connected to what we're talking about here people are gonna figure out a way to be to to be creative make people smile make art give candy like we've we've been here now for seven seven months right so I think shortwave and the Halloween garbage shoots for a segue <laughs> are great examples of the fact that you know when when pushed into a corner human beings can still find ways to be creative and still find ways to to make uh joy in their neighborhoods and joy on the airwaves also fear on the airwaves there's some scary stuff this week coming in the wake of halloween it's some scary plays also in the festival Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah there is some spooky stuff still coming your way on the airwaves and last night we had a a a pretty good spooky double feature too oh yeah yeah for folks who may have been tuned in but if if you didn't you can go to our archives actually and download archives from eight till midnight last night because we had a science fiction double feature featuring Dan and Tama of the feminist barroom brawls they did a feminist trans and queer deconstruction of the Rocky Horror Picture Show oh my god I love it we called it Rocky Horror Picture Critique it was amazing stay tuned because we're podcasting it too so if you missed it it's still going to be available for you and uh, we're also going to play it again we are. Uh, next uh, this coming Saturday evening as well, so stick around. Um, but also last night, CFRC said goodbye to Cameron and his eight-year running program, Anatomy Lesson. Cameron has left town, Aww. and Anatomy Lesson is now done. Bye, Cameron. Yeah, kind of a bummer for the station. Yeah, Cameron's a like longtime hero of the station. He's local hero, period. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's very, very true. Nevertheless, Cameron uh, is... Uh, he he told me that in the eight years that he has run his program, he only rebroadcasted his show twice. Oh my gosh. So that means how many... Uh, eight, eight times, times 52... 52. Do the math. I'm going to do it. I can't, I can't do it in my brain, but yeah, I'm, I'm sitting not, in front of a computer. Eight times 52 is 416. 414 shows. 414 shows, and they will reemerge on CFRC as Vintage Vault episodes. So he's going back to get... He always played a lot of deep cuts, so now we're going to do deep cuts of deep cuts. Yes, (laughs) I love it. So stick around, folks. Oh, Uh, I love it. Anatomy Lesson will live again in in a Vintage Vault form. You folks here at this station, it's such a great, like... You know, okay, at risk of being super corny, and we've already cleared the fact that I'm feeling very corny and sentimental this morning. <laughs> but I love, I feel like one of the things that's awesome about CFRC is that there's this real generational kind of family feeling. You know, even Dinah and I this week talked to someone from, from CBC, and, and I was on the phone, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a CFRC alumna. This is how I fell in love with radio, blah, blah. And it was like, oh, gosh, you know, you have folks who do shows for almost 10 years. You have folks who now work for the CBC who call, like, and it feels like... Like they're calling back home so you mm-hmm. know I think it's one of the real testaments to what CFRC is to the community is that it's it's got generations and roots and, and big family love here so 
There certainly is a lot of love and uh, a lot of love for CFRC, and you can show your love too. Segway, segway. Because while we're <laughs> launching the Shortwave Theater Festival, we're also launching CFRC's 15th annual funding drive. Funding drive, funding drive, funding drive. <sighs> What's the funding drive, Dinah? Tell me more. Uh, you want to learn more about funding drive? I would love to drive? learn more about the funding drive. <laughs> I do love you. I love you, too. I know. <laughs> it's the first time we've been back in the same space for a little while. I know, folks. <laughs> we haven't been, uh, been in the same space, I think, since August. Okay. So, yes, we are uh, and now engaged here at the station in our annual funding drive running to today to December 31st. You can donate by going to cfrc.ca slash donate now. And there, you can choose your own adventure. Ooh, like what kind of adventure? If you go through door number one. What, what, what's behind door number one, Dinah? Not evil in peril. No, what is it? <laughs> you can donate through GoFundMe hey. in door number one and enter for a chance to win one of our fun weekly raffle prizes. And this week, we are raffling off really cool stuff from the Screening Room Kingston. No way. way. That's one of my favorite Kingston local spots. An institution. It's an institution in this town. Second institution, Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Ooh, just as good. Bag of swag Wait, from KCFF. No way. Yep. Oh, my God. And they had such a good, every year, such a great lineup. Such a good lineup this year that was taken from us. And we also have a bag of movies from Brian's record option. No way. Really? My guy, Brian. What a great week. And, gonna... and stay tuned, folks, too, because it's part of our special programming that we'll be doing over the next couple months. Brian from Brian's Record Option is coming in to do a two-hour special of his favorite records. No way. Right here at CFRC. Oh, I love... Do you know that Brian recently got Facebook? Yes. And I follow his story. Like, he posts the most amazing stories. Most amazing stories, you know? Like, we had... I've known Brian for years because Cellar Door Project did a show about Brian's Record Option. Uh, Sean Meldrum, the playwright of Talk To Me, also wrote that play. And uh, so we've been spending time with Brian forever. And, you know, we, we've always known that he was one of the best storytellers in town and now he has Facebook and it's just like it's a, it's a blessing on my feed they're so wacky and so good so yes everyone fo follow Brian's record option on the Twitter the Facebook and Instagram but Brian himself also has his own Facebook page too I so love it. reach out make a friend with your neighbor in yes town. <laughs> make a friend and don't forget too, you can visit KCFF at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our good friends at the Screening Room as well. And uh, for folks who are uh, out of the loop, there was a fantastic um, article, uh, an interview with it, Wendy Hewitt, the owner of the Screening Room in the Kingstonist just the other day, oh. about some trials and tribulations that the Screening Room is facing given that COVID has uh, made movie the movie-going experience uh, more difficult. Right. Uh, and maybe people are a little bit gun-shy, but mm. the screening room has uh, taken extraordinary efforts to make the space uh, a safe one mm -hmm. uh, where folks and their pals can still go and have a really awesome movie experience. And if you donate to cfrc.ca, you can bring a couple friends with you because you get a gift pack gift package for two to yes. attend. So why not, you know, take your pal and grab a couple more pals and And support local business. Support local business. Support two local businesses at once. I know, right? What? It's a twofer. It is <laughs> it is a it's twofer. twofer. It's a twofer. So okay, but remember how I said yes. you can choose your own adventure? Yes. There is door number two. Okay, what's door number two? If people go to cfrc.ca slash donate now, they can also donate for the benefits of a sweet, sweet tax receipt Ooh. through hot diggity dog, Queen's University. We love a tax receipt. <laughs> Do you want the benefits of tax receipts? I, you know, it's pretty good door number two. It is a very good door number two. I love it. So there, that's when I, when I say choose your own adventure. You can choose two paths, oh. but you can only, you can, sorry, you can choose one of two paths. Oh, I love it. Yes. That's so. so great. Yeah, because some people don't really want swag. Some people want a tax receipt. Right. Yeah. That's like the, the original swag. No. <laughs> I said it, then I immediately regretted it. I immediately took it back. 
<laughs> like how do you how do you put that a graffiti on the side of a train? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tattoos are the original swag. <laughs> no. Okay, future art challenge. <laughs> That's it. Don't tempt me because I will make a play with that title. I'm totally gonna go get a model train car and paint tax receipt yes. on the side of it. So oh, I love it. Challenge. Okay. I love it. Like like us on Facebook and <laughs> say take up that Tune challenge. Tune into this challenge. Hashtag train car. Yes, exactly. Hashtag train car. <laughs> or hashtag train wreck at the moment. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. No, I love God. it. It's fine. It's just door number two, Dinah. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, folks. So uh, we're going to take a short break with some uh, awesome music from Dog Day, who are, in fact, charting away on the Earthshot charts and the charts which airs here on Fridays at uh, 10 a.m. We're going to listen to a single called Pictures, and we'll be back in just a moment. So stick around. we got a lot more silliness and banter and fun pump-you-up action for not only CFRC's funding drive, but the Shortwave Theatre Festival, both of which are launching today with the help of Mariah Horner. And uh, if you if you can hear stuff sort of in the background, we uh, there's some music happening because they're doing sound check because Tom Savage, Bella Savage, and Bones Bowering of the Savage Family Band are uh, in another studio at the moment getting warmed up because we are going live on the air at noon yes. with a live concert. Nice. Right? I love it. We love a live show. We do love a live show. We and we can make show. it happen. And Shortwave, wow, look at us making, making space for all sorts of local all artists. All sorts of local artists, local musicians. And right now, too, another local artist, Mike Posovit with a film camera. <laughs> so we're there. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Good, thanks. <laughs> so, so stick around, too. Global News. Goats are going to be on there, too, later on. Awesome. All right, so we've got Dog Day right now, right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hope you're having a great morning. I am. I am, too.
If a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, where does the sound go? Well, you can find out in the super sweet, family-friendly show, The Soundcastle, Sarah M. Taj's new radio play coming at you this November in Cellador Project and CFRC's Shortwave Theatre Festival. In The Soundcastle, every unheard sound is sorted away in boxes safely kept in silence until two intruders, Magellan and Gidget, break in to listen. The Soundcastle is sound designed by Matt Rogalski and Jeremy Kerr, stars Francesca Payne and Douglas Connors, and is directed by Becky Bridger. Read more about The Soundcastle at shortwavetheater.com and tune in to the Shortwave Theater Festival from November 1st to 7th, available for free on CFRC 101.9 FM. And we're back live at CFRC 101.9 FM. We're going to be fanfaring all day long. Oh, man, I wish I had a tiny trumpet. Well, you don't have a tiny trumpet? I have this thing. (laughs) Sounds like a fanfare to me. I guess it's a bike horn. Is that what this is? I don't know. It also sounds like a clown horn. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I think we could do better fanfare than... It's true. It's true. Bum, We're going to be workshopping it all day, so it's <laughs> fine. We're going to just keep practicing. It's all good. And if you want to send us a recording of your fanfare, please Please. Do. Yeah, exactly. You can be the next star of the Shortwave <laughs> Theater Festival. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So we did a lot of fun activities, uh, actually, during the course of uh, getting these plays together. Yes. And I think one of the most outstanding of those was the Folly Workshop yes, that we did the Folly with Workshop. in December with Matt Rogalski. With Matt Rogalski, yes. Tell us about it. So Matt Rogalski brought us into the Isabel Bader Center, mm-hmm. and we had a workshop with some of the shortwave theater artists, and basically Matt Rogalski taught us how to make Foley, and Foley is the kind of sound and Oh, Matt's probably listening and probably going to laugh at my definition. But Foley is uh, when you use real sounds, real things to uh, mimic sound effects. So Mm -hmm. like the idea of walking on gravel or if you're trying to dig something. So it was a really awesome, you know, you may have seen movie or you may have seen little videos of of how Foley artists work. But for the shortwave theater artists, it was really awesome because sometimes a little bit of a a very cool lo-fi way to make a a really rich audio landscape. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 of us that were in there. Matt brought so many cool uh, toys for us to play with. It was my first time ever being introduced to a whirly gig. I feel like I will never go back to who I was before that moment. There was also, we, you know, we took apart a piano. Uh, it was a really great way to kind of kick off the the, the do-it-yourself kind of uh, vibe of, of Shortwave Theatre Festival. It was a really great, great way to spend a, a day in December last year. All right. So the art of doing sound effects by using other things to make the sound effects. That's so a way better definition than I just said. Walking on gravel. Yes. So as opposed to actually just using a microphone and recording somebody walking on gravel. So that would be Foley, whereas the, the opposite is, you know, I think a lot of these kinds of sound effects now can kind of be computer generated. Right. Right. And and one of the cool things about Foley that we did in this workshop was that Matt would play a video for us and we would have to make the sound effects for that video. So she'd play a video entirely silent and you'd see, oh, this person was stirring a cup and was t- opening a drawer and taking out spoons and then we'd have to use all the props that were in the room to try to figure out uh, how to make that sound. Hmm. Which is pretty fun, too. Like, I think that would be a really fun family activity to do yes. that folks at home that are going to be listening to a play at 1.30, uh, The Sound Castle, which is chock full of folly. Yeah, so much folly. But this is a fun activity that you can do w- with your pals or with your kids. Yes, uh, that'd be a great way to spend a weekend. You know, you just watch a, a muted video video and try to make all the sound effects yourself yeah what a fun creative thing to do and then you know you can if you have a cell phone you can use the cell phone to actually record the sound with that yeah if you don't have a studio you can still like make these sound effects yeah and i mean two of the two of my favorite things that i learned when i was interviewing all these artists after the fact was one um you know i think it was jeremy who was telling me that the sound often doesn't sound like you think it's going to sound. So I remember he was telling me, it was like, you know, they needed crickets. 
And you'll hear a story of this in the in the talk back uh, following Soundcastle, where you know they really wanted to hear the sound of crickets, um, but then they were like, "Oh gosh, now it always sounds like it's nighttime," and it was this kind of thing of like you think that a sound is going to be really helpful in communicating a landscape or communicating a feeling, but then once you hear it, you're like, "That doesn't sound like this at all," or "This makes this sound like the desert," or "This makes this sound like it's underwater," and you kind of. Once you eliminate your, your eyesight, you realize how many other kinds of connections your brain is working trying to tell these stories. So I think Foley's really fun because it is a little bit of an experiment, right? Of like you open, close a door, and you're like, that's not the right door. I don't know why it's not the right door, but let me try this door. Okay, I'm going to open, close this door. That door feels better. Um, and the other thing I really love talking to the sound designers in these interviews was uh, Sebastian, who is the sound designer from Children of Thomas by one of our partners, Blue Canoe Productions. Woohoo, Blue Canoe! Blue Canoe! Woo-hoo. When I asked Sebastian, you know, what what do you hope folks are going to take away from this? Sebastian, like, oh, he's such a such a great dude. What did he say? He said, "I really hope that people understand that if if you really liked listening to this, and if I could do it, then you could do it." Like he really kind of told the story of this was an experiment. This is really fun and easy to do. I did most of it with, you know, phone microphones and free apps on my computer. And I think that's another thing that, you know, bringing up the fact that this could be a very fun activity. Um, it's an it's a fun activity that you totally have the skills and the tools to play with yourself. And I think that's one of my favorite things about shortwave is, you know, we, we did this festival with a bunch of microphones and a bunch of creative people. It wasn't, you know, it's not like we built massive sets or, you know, we did, we had to scrap our original fireworks display that we were going to do, right, Dinah, because of COVID, so we couldn't have the fireworks. But it was a really kind of, you know, a, a quick and dirty, playful experiment. And um, especially with the way that I think the sound landscape is, is made, there's lots of space for experimentation and play. And there's all kinds of experimentation and play happening all week long. All week long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you don't, see you talk about audio <laughs> landscape. You just have Dinah and I be your falling. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Who doesn't want to channel some Lionel Richie right now? Come I know, on. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, folks, we've got stuff happening all week long right to November 7th. Uh, and you can go to shortwavetheater.com to check out the programming schedule. Things do get started actually today at noon in uh, 28 minutes time. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) And we have... The uh, b- uh, the music is coming on actually at uh, twenty in twenty seven minutes. Uh, we've got the Savage Family Band uh, that are kicking off shortwave as well as our funding drive at noon with Matt Mudo over in our other studio who is local audio god and doing some of the sound. Local audio god. I hope that's on his like business card. At this I point. think it should it be. It should be. I agree. Yes, and for, I agree. And for folks who may recognize Matt's soothing dulcet tones on our radio airwaves, yes. he hosted. Uh, brought back home YGK as part of our Canada Summer Jobs program uh, oh, nice. this summer. Yeah, it was great, great show. Yeah, and uh, he also has another program that is being podcasted as well. Uh, I can't think of the name of it at the moment, though. I just let it. Sorry, Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, the okay, local... He's busy. He's not listening. Yeah, the, he's not even listening right now. But, <laughs> uh, he's working very hard on making sure that, oh boy, oh boy, the sound that you're going to be listening to with the sound family band is going to be a one in just a few minutes so stick around for that and then what happens at one o'clock mariah so one o'clock we have partnered with the good folks from the thousand islands playhouse in gananoque they are uh, an amazing theater based in gananoque and uh, unfortunately their season was stopped due to covid so some of the uh staff at the playhouse marta and sophia all summer ran this amazing podcast the thousand islands playhouse podcast where they connected with a lot of the artists that were supposed to be working in the season and they would talk to these artists about what they were doing instead and you know talk about the way that art and theater making has changed this summer with covid so at one o'clock we have the first of six of the thousand islands playhouse podcasts that we're rebroadcasting so the first one is with krista jackson and uh, krista jackson is a director i'm just going to confirm i know she's an artist she was uh, going to be working on Perfect Wedding at the Playhouse uh, in 2020, but although COVID kind of stopped her work this summer, Krista's a big reader. 
So we thought it'd be a good pair to Soundcastle, which is, you know, about two two kids on an adventure and and uh, finding kind of a library's worth of sounds. So at one o'clock, you can tune into Krista Jackson uh, on the Thousand Ounce Playhouse podcast talking about her library's worth of books. Yeah, it's really great podcast initiative that the, our friends at the Thousand Islands Playhouse have taken up too. Uh, artists across the country but yep. even right here in the in Kingston and Kingston area uh, yeah a lot of festivals a lot of venues have just been shuttered yep. since March and it's been very difficult for artists to uh, make ends meet yep period uh, I really like the initiative that uh, the Thousand Islands Playhouse has taken up here with the podcast that they've generously furnished to the shortwave theater festival to uh, add to our airwaves uh, while we're running through and learn from some of these amazing artists what they're doing during COVID I think yeah. that's a pretty great idea yeah and I find one of my favorite things about this podcast is you know like I said we got six of them happening all week long and you can check out the schedule at shortwavetheater.com to see what time they're on but one of the best things about this podcast I find is they really um, softly balance between looking at the hard reality of this summer for artists but also some joy and playfulness and passion in other corner of these artists lives Mm -hmm. I know I found this summer even when I was you know I I would have a an interview or I'd sit on a board and people would be like what does it feel like to be an artist out of work I'd be like I don't want to talk about it (laughs) right and one of the best things about this playhouse podcast is I think they've kind of flipped that idea on its head and been like hey you're an amazing artist by a bet but i bet you're amazing at a lot of other things too mm-hmm. so i think it's really amazing that the playhouse has taken this time to really get to know their artists in the festival and also kind of show those those amazing personalities and people to the to the rest of the world and mm-hmm. for us at the at shortwave uh it was a really great partnership because we got a lot of really great local content mm-hmm. and the Playhouse is a really amazing professional theater in the neighborhood um, that can kind of branch out our content a little bit. So we've got artists, like Dinah said, that are from Kingston, Deanna Choi. We're rebroadcasting Deanna Choi's episode on the podcast and Deanna Choi's very good friend of mine. We actually did shows and musicals at Queens together. Oh, so there's hooray. all Kingston connections all over the place. And Queens. And Queens connection. Fantastic. And that's and that spot with Deanna Choi will be airing around uh, 3 p.m. today after the Soundcastle talkback. Yes. Right. So we've got Soundcastle, the play itself, premiering at 1.30. And then at 2 o'clock-ish or so, yes, we've got a talkback with the artists involved in making this play happen. Hosted by... Me. <laughs> Mariah Horner. Me. You know, I really hope you don't get tired of my voice this week, uh, but it'll be over on Saturday, Sunday. But uh, it's a great little talk back. I really had so much fun connecting with these artists. Becky Bridger, the director. I've, I've known Becky for a few years now. We worked together on the uh, Kingston Storefront Fringe Festival a few years ago. Yeah. And so Becky's a really amazing director. Talks about you know, balancing directing in the middle of a pandemic with uh, a new family. So that's really exciting. Sarah Emtaj, the playwright of the Soundcastle, tells us a little bit about her journey from the original idea to a playful radio play. Um, And then we also connect with Jeremy Kerr, the sound designer, who had a lot of amazing insight for us to talk about, you know, the differences between sound designing in traditional theater versus radio theater and and the difference uh, in the quality of collaboration in this kind of work. So it's a great podcast, or it's a great uh, talk back. So that's uh, airing right after the Soundcastle uh, around two. All right. And then it's not the only thing uh, happening at this this day bleh, today. It's not. We, we also have another show happening tonight. Yes. Very, very excited about this. So at 9 o'clock tonight, we are playing the Philip and Lucinda radio show. These two artists, they are uh, Mike and Zita from the Grand Salto Theater. They are two clowns, two punny, silly, hilarious clowns that I met a few years ago at the Fringe Festival. And uh, the this show is taking two of their most beloved characters, Philip and Lucinda, and putting them on the vaudeville radio. So it's a really, really playful uh, episode, a very, very playful little play. And it's also kind of harkens back a little bit to old vaudeville-style radio theater. So two very different shows we got today. The, the Philip and Lucinda show is also directed by Anthony Mann, local radio theater celebrity, and uh, sound designed by John Sanfilippo. 
So I'm also really intrigued by the idea that the this particular radio theater play includes a flea circus. It does. <laughs> it was really funny because so after you know that show plays at nine o'clock and then immediately following there's a talk back with those artists and yeah. I would definitely recommend tuning in to that talk back because you know you get to hear a little bit about the process itself but then also maybe there are two special guests that appear at the end of that talk back. Oh yes there are. But one of my favorite things from this conversation was they kept telling me you know when you write theater traditional theater you have to you don't have to but there's a certain element of what you're writing that has to be able to be staged right like you can't necessarily write into a play three live elephants enter from stage left <laughs> like i mean you could but your director's gonna have to do some creative work to make that happen and a lot of foley and a lot of foley <laughs> but in radio theater you know you say three live elephants enter from stage left you, the world's your oyster. You can kind of make anything happen. And I think Philip and Lucinda really took that um, that kind of limitless creativity that comes along with this genre and blew it up. And it's really, it's such a fun piece. It feels like you're going back in time to the 1940s when you listen to it. John Sanfilippo did an amazing job on the audio landscape. And I think I think those artists are really the bee's knees. The flea's knees. <laughs> the flea's knees. Ay, <laughs> She's back with a good joke. <laughs> for more punny action. <laughs> yes, for more punny action for better puns than my puns. <laughs> Tune in to the Philip and Lucinda radio show at 9 o'clock. And then immediately following that show, there's an amazing talk back with those artists as well. And and Mariah hosting. And me hosting. Yes, and me hosting. I just, just edited. I'm not even there. <laughs> editing is, is most of the point, truly. Like, if, if, if you know how it's like if a sound happens in a forest, nobody hears it as a sound at all. If a podcast is not edited, does anybody hear that podcast if it's at it, all? <laughs> uh, well, they would hear more uh, of my mouth breathing if I was on the air. I'm sure that was mainly your editing was like getting rid of all of my mouth breathing that was happening in the recording of these talkbacks. But it was great. I really love doing them. Like I said, they, they are happening either before or after every show in the festival. And you can check out the schedule at shortwavetheater.com. And it's a really great way to, in the same way that the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast introduces you to some of the artists of um, their season that, that unfortunately didn't happen this year, um, the talkbacks in the Shortwave Theater Festival, you get a little bit of sense of how we, how we did it, who these folks are, maybe how you can make a radio theater show in your future. Um, I would definitely recommend tuning into those. All right. And uh, you can also stay tuned as well to CFRC throughout the week because we are going to be broadcasting Shortwave Theater Festival content all week long. And then stay tuned because we'll also podcast it down the road. Yes. Too. <laughs> Great news. Okay. So we're going to take another quick musical break because we need to go check in on the musical talent that's kicking things off Love at it. noon. We want to make sure they are all set up because uh, the fun thing about CFRC is we do have multiple studios. We want to make sure that we can actually get things set up So because they're in another studio I and I have to them. go coordinate with them to it make sure. It looks promising. They're, yeah, they're, they're, I want to make sure they're ready to go. Love it. Uh, we don't want dead air. We don't need it. But at the same time, you know, Mariah's got a pretty great singing voice too. I, uh, we could get her to do some acapella. Sure, I could just sit in here and do some acapella alone. I'm sure that that would really just tickle the fancy of our listeners. We don't need another hero. Yeah, exactly. But now I can only think of Tina we Turner. We have our very own Momo. Wow. <laughs> Dinah. See, I'm not singing. Dinah's doing it. Never mind. All right, folks. I've got some brand new stuff right now from Elliot Brood. Amazing, amazing uh, death country band uh, who've been to Kingston many, many times. I have seen them at Grad Club, I think, three or four times in their, I don't know, 10, 12 year yeah, history. Yeah, I think I also saw them at the at the festival yeah and i saw them at some other bar downtown where they poured guinness that looked more like coca-cola when it came out on the taps that bar no longer exists it was an awful bar mm. yeah but yeah. grad club was the place to see them still is anyway elliot brood has a new album it's called keeper and we're gonna listen to bird dog from that right now right here on cfrc 101.9 fm momo and i are gonna be right back in just a couple minutes stay tuned
this November, we are overjoyed to be bringing the kooky Philip and Lucinda from the Grand Salto Theater to the CFRC Airwaves at Cellar Door Project and CFRC's Shortwave Radio Theater Festival. The Grand Salto Theater, led by Zita Nurati and Mike Franz, creates playful, physical, and thought-provoking performances through theater, circus, clown, mask, dance, and the radio. Teaming up with Anthony Mann and John Sanfilippo, this classic vaudeville-style radio show will keep you on your toes. Read more about the Philip and Lucinda radio show at shortwavetheater.com and tune in to the Shortwave Theater Festival from November 1st to 7th for free on CFRC 101.9 FM. And we are back live on CFRC 101.9 FM www.cfrc.ca Kojiko Cable 282 We also have apps. 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 Apps, y'all. Apps, y'all. And I am DJ Squared and Momo. Yes. DJ Momo. DJ Momo back at home. But we don't have the COVID kid nor Citrus Maxima But don't worry, we will. They will be back. They will be back because we are, as part of the Shortwave Theater Festival, working with our good pals at Grad Club Trivia to bring a special edition of Trivia this Friday at Thursday. 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 This <laughs> Thursday at 9 o'clock, same time it is literally every single week, so I have no excuse. It's on Thursday at 9 o'clock. COVID Kid, DJ Momo, and the two remarkable hosts from the Grad Club Trivia, uh, Connor and Jill. Yes, that's us. right. Connor and Jill have taken over Grad Club Trivia as of like September and have been hosting it weekly and doing a really great job, too, because they have taken it to a new level on yes. Facebook and uh, lots of great... Uh, uh, great following there at, and the shrimpers they are the team to beat apparently every week the four weeks in a row now yes so that one of the ways that connor and jill really up to the ante on trivia is that they included a prize which is if you are the winner you get to choose one of the themes for the next week nice so i'm pretty sure when the shrimpers won the first time the next themes the next week's theme was shrimp <laughs> <laughs> so like now there's at least something in it for you if you play trivia but connor and jill have been doing such a good job and so is the grad club they've got had such a big month at the grad club this this month reopened you can now do online takeout ordering which i did last friday it was very good mm -hmm. uh you can get some great collective arts products it's it's a it's a good setup they got going on there indeed and it is open despite the fact that the construction is still going on but finally going on finally going on with the wheelchair ramp. they're getting a ramp Woohoo! three years in the making love it here for the ramp yes and uh we are here for shortwave theater festival to get things kicked off and we are also here to get things kicked off for cfrc's 15th annual funding drive we are raising cash money because we need some new equipment in our recording studios uh we have matt mudo uh over there and oh he can't hear me oh now he can oh <laughs> now we're in trouble <laughs> yes matt mudo our uh local audio god is here to do sound for uh the, <laughs> the savage family band that are getting ready to rock at noon uh but we he is in a studio right now with some fairly old equipment we could use some cash money to replace that old equipment so you get the best quality sound all the time all the time and we also want to be able to raise money to continue supporting our uh, news and multicultural programming coordination uh, past the year where we have grants for we need to continue that on past the summer yeah we can use some support from the community to bring multicultural programming that better reflects the diversity of our community and we also want to bring more news programming to keep our community informed about issues local issues that are important to them and we need support from the community to do that so please donate to cfrc.ca slash donate now there's and stuff in it for you yeah there's stuff in it like the benefits of a tweet 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 <laughs> sweet sweet of a tweet tweet a tweet tweet <laughs> tax receipt <laughs> we love the tax receipt <laughs> if you donate through uh queen's university with a credit card securely or you could donate through gofundme you can also send a check um for uh to cfrc radio or give us cash money we love it. Yeah, just slide a 10 spot right into my hand. Right into her hand. But if you slide a 50 spot into my hand, then I can enter you into a draw to win one of our weekly cash prizes, including yes. this week's prize package from the Screening Room, Kingston Canadian Film Festival, and Brian's Record Option, plus some sweet swag from CFRC, too. Love it. All kinds of swag. All kinds of swag. 
Okay, Momo, so we have just a few minutes left before we're going to go live on the air. So we still have to break it down with a few more really fun plays that are happening during the shortwave theater festival this week before we kick it over to matt uh in the other studio to lead the way with the savage family band love it so we covered the shows that are happening today like we said the sound castle by sarah emtage is world premiering at 1 30 today then after that we've got uh well before and after that we have two episodes from the thousand ounce playhouse podcast series We've also got a talk back with the artists from the Soundcastle. Then at 9 o'clock, we have the world premiere of the Philip and Lucinda radio show. Moving on to tomorrow, we've got two great shows from our partners at Blue Canoe Theater Productions. Two. A doubleheader, folks. A doubleheader. Doubleheader. So first, they've got uh, a... a rendition of their Viva Voce series, which is kind of like an open mic series, but it's haunted. Ooh, spoopy. So spoopy. So spoopy? So spoopy. (laughs) It's like the less scary way of saying spooky. Uh, So you can tune into Blue Canoe's Viva Voce Haunted at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Following that, there is another radio drama called Children of Thomas, also by by our friends from Blue Canoe Theatre Productions. And then following that, we got another talk back with those artists. That's a really good one. For me, part of the reason I loved having that conversation was uh, Blue Canoe Theatre Productions is a youth-led run for youth by youth uh, theatre company here in Kingston. And my very first show when I came to Kingston almost 10 years ago was a Blue Canoe show. So it feels... Very, very full circle here. Awesome. So that's Monday, Tuesday night. We got two more episodes of the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast series. We're going to do a rebroadcast of the Soundcastle, and then we're doing a rebroadcast of CFRC's War of the Worlds. Amazing program from 2018. Yes. Brought to us uh, in 2018 by two former volunteers. Uh, well, one former volunteer, one current volunteer, actually, uh, who is also a former employee. His name is Mike Shepard. He was the producer, and Ben Charland, uh, who was the artistic director and uh, locally revisioned War of the Worlds. Yes. Uh, to be rebroadcasted and performed by local artists uh, right here on our airwaves, and it aired on the 80th anniversary of its first broadcast. Oh, I didn't know it aired on the actual anniversary. On the actual anniversary on Love October 30th, it. 2018 is when we when we broadcasted that. And it was a great opportunity for CFRC because we had long talked about doing rate more radio theater prior to this. But the execution that uh, both Ben and Mike were able to deliver uh, with the fabulous work of the artists involved uh, showed that it really could happen and it was a viable option for our airwaves. Totally. And, and, you know, a lot of folks really, when you think and talk about radio drama, a lot of folks really do bring up the the war of the worlds and what that did for radio drama and radio theater. So I think it's a really great way to, you know, pay homage to the roots of radio theater by rebroadcasting this reimagined local version. Mm -hmm. So if you did not listen to that in 2018, or if you did and you want to hear it again, you can tune in on Tuesday, November 3rd at 10 p.m. for that. Okay. And now we've only got a couple minutes left, so we still need to hear about da 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 da. Speeding through Wednesday, we've got a documentary from the Robert H. Black Fund by Sam Kaiser on the history of radio theater. That's on at 8. 9 o'clock, we have a talk forward from the artists for um, Rob Downs' Revolution Has Failed, which is airing that night at 10 p.m. Revolution Has Failed is a post-apocalyptic uh, revolutionary tale about you know civic responsibility and government. It's a great it's probably going to be a very interesting play to listen to two days after the election. So I would tune in. That's Wednesday at 10 p.m. Got a whole gamut of really remarkable local artists on that one as well. On Thursday, we're doing a special edition trivia night. Again, as we mentioned, Friday, two more podcasts from the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast series. And we have Cellar Door Projects and Sean Meldrum uh, wrote a play called Talk to Me, which is a live radio drama. We are doing it live. We are in the studio at 10 p.m. on Friday doing this show live uh it is a sex and dating radio advice call-in show we've got four actor four different callers i'm going to say six actors 
two, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, everywhere in the middle. Everybody's in different cities, and the whole thing is happening live. So that's on Friday night at 10 p.m. And Saturday, like Dinah said, we are going to probably rebroadcast the Rocky Horror Picture Show double feature. We've got to talk forward again with some artists from that night's production, which is A Strong Girl by Risha Andrade. Strong Girl is a gorgeous Victorian gay ghost story. It is heartwarming. It is spoopy. It is. I did that for you, Dinah. It's a love story. It is um, a really, really remarkable piece of writing. So that stars also Kingston Artist, directed by Maddie Scoville. That's on Saturday night at 10. How was that, Dinah? I did all the shows. You did all the shows. And uh, when I was talking with Marichka at CBC, uh, she was impressed by the clip that we sent of The Strong Girl because she's like, I thought the news that was happening at the beginning was something you you got from CBC. Yes, she said she thought, she said to me the same thing. She's like, I thought Dinah just like sent us a, a, by accident like a real news clip. I was like, no, no. But so, that's a testament to the fine work of the sound folks that yes. are behind the scenes too. And Sarah Moriarty is the sound designer of that show yeah. and I listened to the first time I listened to Strong Girl I was lying on my back in uh, in City Park in the grass in the summer and I almost like I sat there for an hour and a half it was like I was time traveled. All right, folks, we are coming to the end of our spot here. Momo and DJ Squared are getting off the airwaves because guess what? What? We are tuning, or tuning the state... Turning. 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 Tune in. (laughs) Stay tuned because we are turning the station over to local audio god Matt Budo, who is in another studio right now. I hope he heard you said that. No, he didn't hear me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did hear you say that, local audio god. He is giving me ambiguous headshakes on purpose. Put it on your business card. All right, folks. Matt Mudo is going to take over the airwaves in about 10 seconds, and then we're going to listen to some awesome music, and he's going to take it away. So uh, stick around. We'll be back in just a second.